Alright lads, welcome back to The Yank Account, the podcast with a name so controversial that sitting United States President Donald Trump has so far refused to acknowledge its legitimacy. And that is a true fact. To this point, we have not received any verbal confirmation from President Trump that this podcast exists. Um, that doesn't mean it doesn't exist. It does not Mind mean you. it doesn't exist, although uh, maybe maybe they should stop the count, you know? Yeah. Stop, stop the Yank account. Um, hashtag stop the Yank account. Get stop it trending. the episode. Stop the episode. <laughs> stop the episode. It's, it's fake news. This is the Did definition of fake news. Um, what do we win? This podcast is the definition of fake news. Um, anyways, lads, welcome one and all. Uh, back to the Yank account. Um, my name is Sam, once again, your host. Uh, I'm uh, absolutely thrilled to be joined by three of the best and brightest minds in the sport of football tonight. Um, we'll go around quickly. First off, as per usual, we have the two stalwarts of the Yank account, starting off with, uh, from Atlanta, Georgia, Taryn Williams. Taryn, how are you doing tonight? doing quite well quite well i'm glad to be here glad to get the podcast back on the road absolutely next up we have as always the the swamp monster from the swamps of eastern north carolina uh the dirty bubble himself please welcome Drew to the podcast Drew, how you feeling tonight i need more respect you know i took alexander crew to the premier league on fm uh, Damn. Crew, wait, Alexander Crew. It's called Crew Alexandra, mate. Goodness me. <laughs> and he wants respect. If he wants respect. We'll fix it in post. We'll fix it in post, yeah. I started a career with Wickham Wanderers today, by the way. Not that anyone gives a shit. But. Not Alexander Crew. No. Alexander Crew sounds Akrington like a. Stanley. Oh, there you go. You're thinking of Paul Crew. There we Crew. go. That's, uh, yeah, yeah, that sounds company. like a yeah. That sounds like a clothing like a I think designer you're thinking of Alexander brand. Pato. <laughs> no one is thinking of him. Last but not least, uh, we do have coming back to the podcast for the second episode in a row, the one and only Tactics Tommy coming at us from Charlotte, North Carolina. Tommy, how you doing tonight? I am. I am just uh, just buzzing. As my boy Declan Rice would say, he had a, a nice little uh, nice little goal, um, first English English goal. So happy for him, Drew. That'll be another uh, ten million uh, if you want to buy him, please. <laughs> You'll get forty five, um, and you like it. it, up. Uh, it up. Make make it fifty five now. Buddy. Who's keeping count? Uh, anybody? Nobody. The, the, dil- the dildo Tactics brothers. Tommy. The dildo brothers are keeping count, if no one else. So if they even can count. The jury's out on that. Big if, big if. All right. Well, thank you all for joining me tonight. We have a great show lined up ahead of us. Um, You know, the international break has been filled with trauma and woe Mm. for a lot of people. But we're here to brighten your day and hopefully, hopefully make the international break worthwhile, even though that is a tall task. Uh, We got (laughs) some Premier League review going on. We'll hop right into that after this. We're going to make a, a quick stop in the northeast of England to uh, let uh, – I've, I've given this a new name. We have Tactics Tommy, and now we have Strategy Sam here to vent <laughs> and rant about all things Newcastle. Um, as, as always, there's some crazy shit going on in the northeast, so we'll make a stop up there. Um, and we're going to do the theme of the episode today is Throwback Thursday. So we're going to be looking back at some of the great uh, former players and coaches, the eras of the Premier League gone by that you miss and wish were back. Uh, 
Um, and then finally, because it is the international break, we'll spend a little, a bit of time talking about the most irrelevant uh, thing in the world, which is international football, um, <laughs> and then UEFA Nations League. So, um, probably the only podcast in the world that is mentioning Nations League. Uh, no doubt, no doubt. There you can, can fact there. check us on that again. This is we're this pretty is much not the official Nations League podcast. <laughs> not business. We're not sponsored. We're official. <laughs> we, we strive for irrelevance. If we made our podcast the official UEFA Nations League podcast, we'd probably no one lose, would stop us. We'd probably lose listeners, which is <laughs> impressive. Quite impossible. <laughs> that would be quite the feat. You can't lose more than zero. <laughs> shout, shout out to all of the listeners right now. By the way, I feel like we don't thank our fans enough. We we have we get a lot of feedback. Mm. Each and every episode we make. All and, uh, 20 of them. We, we love you. We love our listeners. We hope that you enjoy this this absolute shithousery that we provide. Uh, sometimes once a month, sometimes once every year, maybe twice <laughs> a year. Um, we're already on episode two this year. So, so yeah. we're, we're doing good, honestly. We're, on, we're ahead we're of schedule. Well. <laughs> we're um, all right. Well, anyways, lads, that was a great intro. Uh, now let's get stuck You're into have to, like, something. You're going to chop that shit in half. Get in. Let's get stuck into <laughs> some get stuck in, lads. Premier League <laughs> review. All right, so again, the, the theme of today is Throwback Thursday, um, and it is a Thursday when we're recording this episode, when you, are loyal and beloved listeners, are actually listening to this, it will not be Thursday. But we are recording this on a Thursday, so I figured, what the hell, let's make the theme Throwback Thursday, even though it really doesn't make any sense, and it's really a terrible idea. Um, the word Thursday that, that is a, That's a good common theme for us, though. Terrible ideas. <laughs> Making terrible ideas <laughs> into fantastic results. Is we should have taken more videos in college. M-O. <laughs> we should have. <laughs> um, so, the reason it's a throwback Thursday is because, once again, sitting at the top of the Premier League table, Leicester City, the Foxes, are on 18 points after eight games. They're one ahead of Tottenham and Liverpool in second place. Going down the table a little further, you have Chelsea in 5th and Aston Villa in 6th, tied on 15 points, 3 behind, Leicester in 1st place. So, let's get this started with a, a question that, you know, is one we have asked ourselves before, and it is, can Leicester City actually win the Premier League this year? Uh, I'll, I'll, go with, I'll go with Drew first on this one, because he did seem very opinionated before the show started. That's a shock. Long answer? <laughs> no. Short answer. <laughs> make it make it there's a shot. I mean, every team has a shot this year, I think. Uh especially with with Liverpool's uh crisis they're in. Um they definitely have a shot. Yeah. I'll let Taryn go into more detail. <laughs> so, there is there are two points that I want to make here. One is, I mean, when you're on top, the top of the table with Brendan Rodgers at the helm, you know, it's pretty much a done deal. Everyone, second, everyone you're locked in that. a second. You're, you're, locked yeah. in a second. <laughs> you're locked in a second. Everybody knows where you're going to finish. And secondly, um, I, I'm not convinced. Um, I'm just not sure they have the proper depth. They're, they definitely have more depth than they have in previous years. Um, but I think as the... 
as the season progresses, you know, every team hits a yeah, patch you're of need rough a deep form. Squad, yeah, every every team hits some hits some yeah. rough form. This year, injuries are going to be piling up like none other, and I just am not sure that they have the depth or the like mental fortitude that a Premier League winning side like needs to end up with it. And the reason I say mental fortitude is just because of um, recency bias probably. Last year they really, really fell off towards the end when they hit a bad run of form. And that's, they that's lost to be United. Crazy. Yeah, that's got to be something that they're thinking about. So I would say no, but I would I would not be upset if they, you know, ended up being the champions. I would love it if they were champions. Um, what, touching on that squad depth, that you mentioned it is true i mean jamie vardy once again is tied for the lead in the golden boot race that man when will it end look at the united fan talking about pen that's hilarious <laughs> i'm just trying huge... i'm just trying to apply that tag to anyone else and hope that it sticks <laughs> throwing enough shit at the wall um yeah throwing, throwing enough pens I mean, at the wall but they've got they do have some holdovers from that team that won, and they have Iose Perez. So, right, um, yeah, Iose that's kind beast. of that's kind of a game changer. <laughs> Very for important team. point. Um, what I was going to no. say actually is that so behind Vardy, Taryn was talking about the depth in the squad. Um, it seems like Vardy is literally like a cyborg, or like he is just too much like caffeine and like it's all the alcohol Bull. in his system that he he can't get hurt. But if he were to get hurt, there's there's strikers behind him. Are Ahe Nacho, Iose yeah. Perez, and Islam Slomani, another former Newcastle boy. He's um, still on Leicester. Still on yep. Leicester. Um, wow. And I'm not sure if they're going to get the same goals out of those. They're not. They're not playing there. the same style. If Vardy goes down, that's for damn sure. You you already they don't know. have another player like him. Yeah, they don't have anyone who's as incisive with their runs. I mean, Iose makes intelligent runs, you know what I mean. But he's he doesn't make his runs to get directly in on goal, and I think they'll de- they will really really miss that. And he's he's not even a part of the play until the they're in the box. He doesn't touch the ball until he's there in the box. I don't know that I would agree with that. I I know I know like what you're saying is that the majority of what he does is you know, in the area or in, like, an open sprint approaching the area. He's been pretty decent with build-up, though. I mean... I don't know. He's not isolated. I'm not saying he can't do it. I'm just saying I'm sure Brendan Rodgers would just tell him, look, you're 33, uh, chill out, don't do anything, just save your energy and keep running in a straight line. and explode, for (laughs) sure. Now, Now, staying on that theme of depth, I will say this. Leicester City have a top, top midfield really up there with the best in the league, in my opinion. Tielemans is excellent. Nadidi is an excellent holding mid, which is something every good team needs. Obviously, Madison is a stud. Um, and then even in, if you go further down, they have Under, they just dude. signed Under, who's He's, he's who's been really excellent. Good. Yep. Um, they have Dennis Pratt. Dennis Pratt. Uh, Nampolis Mendy. Uh, Hamza Chowdhury. Mark Albrighton. They've got, you know, players like that. Demarai Gray is technically a midfielder. Harvey Barnes. All of these so, players are good players. They have so a lot. Their defense is also as, very solid. As long as a striker or defender doesn't get injured, they're good. They really lucked out with uh, Wesley Fofana. That guy is the real deal. Mm-hmm. And Castagna. Uh, Castagna has been really good in his brief 
career in the Premier League so far. But do you do you look at those players though and think to yourself like if it falls to them, these are the type of guys that are gonna help the squad be a, a Premier League winning team? That's well, think, that's the real question. Think for about I think about what we were talking about. Last <laughs> think about the last time though. Think about the last time Leicester won the league and their defense was. Uh, was let me think. Wes Morgan, Robert Hooth, Robert Hooth, yeah. uh, Christian, Christian Fuchs, Christian Fuchs, and and Fox. James Tavernier is the other one. That, no, it was Danny Simpson. Oh, Danny, the Simpson. other Newcastle guy, Danny yeah. Simpson. Yeah. That's my bad. Um, Danny Simpson. Yeah, but the reason yeah. the reason that that worked is because Hooth and Morgan are fucking animals, like just beasts of nature, and they just funneled yeah. everything to the outside and made teams cross, and then Hooth and Morgan would clean up. Like they don't have they don't have like a diamond in the rough strategy yeah. for these defenders like they created in the title winning campaign they were very much a counter-attacking team oh yeah they're right yeah. now i'd say they're more of a has them playing a lot yeah. more pro- a progressive but they have the they have the personnel for it now whereas back then they had to play with the personnel that they had and claudia ranieri somehow made it work was still one of the most improbable things i've ever seen happen in sports Five thousand to they one spoke odds. they but. spoke the blah 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 and we all saw <laughs> dilly dilly dong. The dilly dong. <laughs> um, now the, the other thing, man. the other thing to keep in mind when we're talking about Leicester winning the league is the people behind them. Uh, the two teams, one point behind them right now, are Spurs and Liverpool. Liverpool have been stricken by a just an injury. Could you call it an injury Ed. pandemic? Is that fitting? Um, you shouldn't. <laughs> an I'm, I'm not, I'm not, not really tasteful, gets... but I'm okay with it. So I'm not happy when any player gets injured, but it's about time these Klopp, this Klopp system took its toll on the team. Like, he, the guy didn't know anything about rotation. Yeah, dude, we've the played, Klopp system, players we've played the FM. <laughs> the Klopp system plus the craziness with COVID and all the matches. It's not a good fit. Not a yeah, good, it's uh, not good for anybody. Yeah, it, it piled up real quick. And so Liverpool have been, like I said, injury played. The other one is Spurs, and Spurs are... Spurs. Mm. Is the I know I said every that. team has a shot. Every team except Spurs. Sorry. Dude, See, I, Taren, Taren, I totally disagree. I totally disagree with that. You said That's you hard. said that Brendan Rodgers' teams shot. are locked into second place, but you have to consider that Tottenham are up there too. <laughs> I genuinely think Tottenham could challenge for the title this season. Harry okay. Kane is playing like a fucking monster, dude. He looks unbelievable. And as long as he stays healthy and he's as involved in the buildups as he has been, like, he looks like a 10, dude. His, the balls that he plays are just right on the money. And you've got those swift attackers that they have. Um, obviously, Son and uh, what's his name? They just signed him. The, Bergwijn. Um, yeah, Bergwijn, the Dutch dude. Um, and, you know, they look good. They, I, I, think that, I think that anyone who genuinely thinks that Tottenham have no shot at the title is kidding themselves just because they hate Tottenham. And I hate Tottenham just as much as everyone else. And yet they definitely hate, haven't I mean, choked at all this year. Not even once. <laughs> not a single not a single. I will time say they, they squeaked by Burnley. They squeaked by Burnley. Really, really, Tottenham should be in first because they had that opening match against Everton, which, you know, Everton looked really good, but Tottenham did not look at the races that game. And they've had a couple other games where, as Tommy said, they haven't really covered themselves in glory. Um, <laughs> That's been every six, team this they year. Beat United, they did crush United. Uh, another I thing, just wanted to say that. <laughs> another I actually thing don't to remember note, that. 
Terran blacked out the whole game. <laughs> um, another thing to note is that they have Sun, who is tied for first in the league with eight goals. They also have Kane, who, who has, is not a pen merchant. <laughs> who is not a pen merchant. And they also have Harry Kane, who is seven. He's tied for second. Um, so they have Jesus. two of the top top goal scorers in the whole league on that team right now. And that is always, always uh, the hallmark of a good team when your goals are coming from is- multiple sources. Is Eric Dyer a Premier League winning defender? I'll save you the trouble. The answer no. is no. No, he's not. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, so, Jose Mourinho, for some reason, loves Eric Dyer. Because yeah. he can he speak has that Portuguese. One player. Uh, yeah, that's true. That's true. He came from sporting, right? He's he's like actually born in Portugal. Yeah, he came through the sporting academy. Yeah, that's wild. Um, but yeah, so, so apart from Dyer, their defense is like Davinson Sanchez... And Who has not progressed in his career, I'll be honest. Alder Vireld is still still there. Peaking. Or, uh, he's go- nearing the end of his career, too. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's just sort of questionable. And you just never know with Spurs. They could, t- they could come out against some random team. Like, maybe it's, like, you know, West Brom, and they'll just come out and just take, loot, take a horrible L. And yeah. suddenly their their whole season is sort of flipped on its head. Like, people have to be reminded constantly, they're Spurs. Lads, it's Tottenham. <laughs> it's <Lest> Tottenham. <laughs> lest we Remember forget. now. Oh, that's actually really funny, Sam. I don't think I've heard that. <laughs> I just created that. that wow. That's so <laughs> Trademark it, copyrighted, patent. Yeah. <laughs> what an original thought. <laughs> um, okay, so now, you know, those are the, the top six teams. At the top, also have to mention Chelsea still very much in the hunt sitting in fifth place uh, behind Southampton who have been really good Southampton actually they beat Newcastle to go top of the table briefly before some other teams pass them but Chelsea look really good and there are a few games that they wish they had back a few draws they they wish they could have turned into wins but right now looking at the top as for, if Chelsea's team can stay healthy I think on paper they definitely have what it takes. And I said it in the last episode, but I'll say it again. I think there's a good, good chance that this could be their season. I don't want to say anything concrete until maybe January, February. I think the next stretch of 10 games will probably be uh, a better picture for where we're going to finish. Um, The games that we did screw up, we uh, we didn't have Chilwell. We didn't have Mendy, and for some of them, we didn't have Thiago Silva. Chilwell's been great for y'all. Those three players I just mentioned have been absolutely phenomenal. They are game changers. As much as the attacking players have done their job, it the defensive players are not doing their job, which is our biggest issue. No more individual mistakes. Y'all have had a good run, though. Yeah, a good run in the defensive we, side. Mendy has clean six sheets. clean sheets in seven games. Yep. I mean, having a good like having anyone other than Keppa and goal does save you. And and you can look at the opposition we've played, but we've we can only play who's in front of us. We've been put three or four past every team. Yeah, y'all been prolific. I will say this: Thiago Silva played in that West Brom game and looks bad, but that was his only that was his only bad game for you guys. And it was really just a adjustment. He's sauce. Just brings such coolness to the defense. Crazy. I mean, yeah, you will not find a more experienced defender in the entire world of football than Thiago Silva. Definitely, Maybe I, I definitely didn't Maybe expect for him to have this much as an effect as he did. Mm-hmm. 
Right. All right. Moving down the table, there are, are three top six teams we still have not mentioned. And those are Manchester City, Arsenal, and Manchester United. And those three are still struggling. Uh, City, Man, we're a game back. We're a game back. City and United both have a game in hand. Uh, City are in 10th, but with a win, they could jump all the way up to um, potentially 6th, um, maybe 7th. And then you look at Arsenal, our, our level on points with City in 11th, um, but they do have that one more extra game played. Then all the way down in 14th is United on 10 points. And United still have been pretty dicey, not only in the Premier League, but also they lost to Istanbul Bashak Shahid. But we also beat PSG and we shat on Red Bull Leipzig. You guys cool. dominated you play against teams that play good football. Well, okay. <laughs> but nil-nil draw between United and Chelsea also can't overlook that. Uh, there that really was, was just game. a shit game. Just that a was just shit game. Awful. Yeah. Um, it looks like I, two teams that were just kind of confused, not really sure how to play each other. Um, now, the I genuinely was genuinely schoolboy stuff. <laughs> I know we were joking earlier about um, Drew being Graham Sunis, but I think I genuinely am trending towards just let Pogba go at this point. He's so inconsistent and. Obviously, he's world-class on his day, but in the Premier League, you can't really be an on-your-day player, and especially this season. Well, especially, especially, especially in a team like United. That was what I was going to yeah. say, too, because yeah. there's there are so many players that are good on their day but have a nasty habit of going missing, and Pogba just kind of is the, the head of those yeah. that group. Um, and, we have, and we have midfielders who aren't on their day players. Bruno shows up every game. Fred has been just excellent for us. I mean, Fred really is the engine in our midfield, and he has been vital to our success this season. And, I mean, if Pogba goes out, you know, put in Van de Beek. He's mm-hmm. been solid for us. He, what was the game that um, was played recently? He didn't look bad. It was a, it was a Champions League game, I believe. But um, he just wasn't super impactful. And that might just be growing pains getting into the team, but I I have full faith in him. Yeah, and you know, and you, we, we yeah. sell Pogba, we get a bag, we can reinvest. It's true. And your next three who games. Who would you want? Oh, yeah, go. Sorry. <laughs> um, who would I want? Um, I mean, obviously Sancho, right? But that's like beating a dead horse. No, no, like for like, <laughs> like for like, like another midfielder. oh, like for like another yeah, midfielder yeah. that we could use. Um, I was really, really keen on um, Partey. I was kind of upset that he went to Arsenal. I think he could. It have is been crazy excellent... he went to Arsenal. Yeah, it, he, he went from Champions League to Europa. Um, for the bag. I guess. I mean, he's not a like for like player. The thing is, I don't think we need a like for like player. Like, I think that we could invest in someone young like uh, Puig, because he's being shopped around right now by Barcelona, and he looks Ricky, like an excellent Ricky player. Puig, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, he looks excellent. I wouldn't mind having an additional attacker because we have my favorite player is <laughs> very on his day at the moment. <laughs> my beloved That'd be Tony. Martial. Yeah. My beloved <laughs> Tony. We have podcasted more times, twice, than Martial has uh, shots in the Premier League. One. Wow. That is shocking. 
That yeah, is dude. the most damning statistic of the Did we ever <laughs> confirm his the amount of <laughs> testicles that he had? Did that was that ever uh, verified? I don't I don't think I verified it, but I can verify that Martial was the person who robbed Drew's store the other day. <laughs> oh, that's a low blow. All right. Well, so context, Drew Drew did uh, was victim to a robbery. So that's actually a very sensitive subject, Taryn. Now the Too world soon. has to know about that. But um, if, if we actually set up a GoFundMe, um, <laughs> it's a Dirty Bubble Support Relief Fund. Um, we'll put the link on Twitter. Um, you can help feed me for quarters a day. <laughs> <laughs> feed um, this man. All right, but no. And so the other thing is your attacker, your your main striker, I guess, right now is like, uh, is Cavani going to be the guy? Like, going, yeah. Can he really be the guy? Um, I think he's demonstrated that he can be the guy. He's had limited touches, but, I mean, he looks productive. Um, and, I mean, you know this, Sam, but I was so hot on Cavani for years. Like, Cavani was my dream signing for United when he was – like say say three or four years ago, maybe even five, when he was a little younger, more spry. I just loved the way that he played. I thought he was the most complete striker. And I really think that, you know, he's he's getting on in his age, but look at his Latin banging in goals like is he forty now? I think he is thirty eight, thirty nine. He's he's up there. So I mean it's not out of the realm. Obviously Ibra is Ibrahimovic, like but Cavani's a world-class striker in his own right, and I don't, I don't think I'd be upset with him leading the line. But you know, he's a he's a short-term investment, and we need to get younger players on the field, which Ole's done a great job doing. And if Martial can find his form again, he'll push Cavani out of the way. Mm-hmm. All right. Now um, we did sort of briefly mention Arsenal, and they're a team that has potential. But I think we can all agree. You know their aim this year is probably top six. I don't even think it's top four. I think top six would be a, a good year for them. Um, new manager, bringing in some new players. Um, I think that that's about their the peak. I think they should be doing better. <laughs> they brought to be in Willian. <laughs> Willian. And he's starting over seventy-two million Pepe. Willian has uh, won more titles good, than anyone else in that squad, probably. He's he's <laughs> looked he's looked excellent. You can't say he hasn't. Who? William, he's had good games and bad. <laughs> I have him in you fantasy. You talk to any Arsenal fan, and they would disagree yeah, with you. Yeah, I've I've him on fantasy, and I can I can tell you that he hasn't been great. But he I tried in to the Arsenal them. games that I've watched, William has looked very productive. I obviously you must only watch the Fulham game. Even even <laughs> if William isn't scoring or getting assists, he d- he does provide that like hustle and bustle that is nice to yeah, have. He is a workhorse. Yep. So and I think that's why Arteta likes him so much. Mm-hmm. All right. A so, lot of managers do. Yeah, no, they certainly do. Um, moving on to uh, uh, some bottom half shite, as I like to call <laughs> it. Um, we have with us today again, Tactics Tommy, a, a devout West Ham uh, worshiper, apostle, an apostle of West Ham, if you will. Um, West Ham yes. currently sitting in 12th, surprisingly, because... Uh, as we touched on last episode, they did have a really tough schedule and they managed to get a lot of points out of some tough games. So they're in 12th. They've given themselves a good platform. In fact, they're only, uh, they're only four points back of Chelsea in fifth. And they've played a lot of hard games. So now they're looking at a pretty easy run of games. Uh, let me pull this up here. They got Sheffield United, Aston Villa, Man United, Leeds, Crystal Palace, all in the next five games. Yeah, not a good team among those. 
Not not one. <laughs> Aston Villa. Not Aston Villa is pretty good. Come on. Um, so I mean, now is a time when West Ham fans are probably thinking like, well, if we can just, if we can keep playing as well as we have been playing against the good teams, yeah. we could. Yeah, be doing I mean, relegation well, wouldn't even be a concern. I'll, I'll, I'll tell point. you what we're actually thinking though, Sam. What what we're actually thinking though is. Fuck! Now here is where we lose to Sheffield, <laughs> and here is where we lose to Villa, and here is where United absolutely rails us, and the whole season's down the fucking drain. Um, you know, last year we sort of we started off well. We were very optimistic. Um, got ass blasted four nil by like Oxford or some shit. Um, in hey, you I respect Oxford. Um, and ended up battling for relegation. Um, I don't have the same feeling about the team right now uh, as sort of last year. Um, It seems a little more optimistic um, just because, you know, the teams that we have been getting results against, you know, we thought we we legitimately thought it would be zero points. Zero points at Halloween, right? We're all joking about that. People were joking about it, but I was (laughs) – you know, wasn't a joke to me. I thought it was going to be real. Um, oh, God. But, so, yeah. Uh, bottom half shite indeed. Especially, especially that uh, finish to the West Ham full of match. Um, Do did continue. you all watch that? Did anybody? Was I the only one that uh, put put themselves through that live? I did I not see I it live, but I did no. see the replay. God, no. Yeah, um, I wouldn't have expected I've, anyone other than myself to su- subject themselves to such things. Um, but after 91 minutes was that of the Lookman penalty? Zero zero. Yep. Uh, yeah. Okay. Football. It was pretty insane to see a controversial Hilaire goal, a weak ass penalty uh, given <laughs> up by Ben Rama, uh, who set up the Hilaire goal. And then one of probably the worst ever penalty attempts ever. Okay, so that that's I think that's controversial. Mitrovic actually did like a short interview. I don't know if you guys saw it where he talked about the penalty, and I really enjoyed his take on it. He basically said, um, (laughs) (laughs) "Hello." He basically said, um, "You know, you you hit that goal and everyone loves you. You know, if you if you make the panenka, it's like." You know, everyone will describe it as a classy finish, like young lookmen showing composure, blah blah blah. You you go for the glory, and when it doesn't pan out, you're gonna get trashed. And that's that's basically what Mitra had to say about it. I don't think it's a like it's well, not they go horrible... with the safe option and place it. Like, I mean, yeah, you don't need for, to for sure. But everyone's everyone's trashing it so much, and I just enjoyed that his take on it. You know, he has biases, of course, but his take on it was just that you know it happens you when you when you attempt right. that sort of Hello? thing. All right, we lost. We lost tactics, Tommy. There for a second. He's now back. Uh, the magic of technology is really pulling through for us tonight. So, um, well done. Well done. Oh wait, Tommy. Tommy might still be. <laughs> Tommy might still be out of commission here. Um, he said hello. All right. Well, uh, Taryn, continue with what you were saying. Basically, the the point that I was making was everyone is making these hot takes about the Lookman penalty and. While it was not something that I would be happy with if he was on my team, I think that Mitrovic had a really level-headed response to it, just saying, like, 
you know, sometimes you go through these things and you miss, and of course the reactions are going to be outrageous, but it's it's whatever. Yeah, no, it was a it was a rough pen. Um, again, it's one of those things where you just have to expect or hope for the keeper to dive out of the way, and yeah. uh, Fabianski, unfortunately, was on his game. Unfortunately for Lookman, he was normally on his is. game that day. Um, so yeah, it was a shame for Lookman. It looked really bad. It did look really yeah, bad. I, I can't hear shit coming from y'all. So, um, <laughs> all right. Well, what we're gonna do now is we're gonna take a brief pause Refresh. while we get Tactics Tommy back on the line. <laughs> all right. So after some slight technical difficulties, Tactics Tommy is back up and running. Yep, so, everything is back in order. Welcome back. Technology is really just a beautiful thing, isn't it, lads? It's just, it always, it never fails us. We just and, had to um, wait, and then the magic, you know, worked itself, and now we're back. I didn't change anything. Perfect. And then all of a sudden, I could hear you guys again. We have the technology. <laughs> um, all right, well, and I think that was a nice, uh, it, that was probably God's way of telling us we spent too much time talking about West Ham. Yeah. Um, <laughs> There's, there is not such a thing. Um, but go on. So that's, a, that's, you know, moving on from bottom half shite, which is what we were talking about. Um, we're shite. switching to a, a segment that uh, I have previously called Meanwhile in Newcastle. Um, now that we have a tactics Tommy, I think it's fitting if we have a strategy Sam as well. Almost like a strategy Steve, but not quite. No one could ever be just we're like gonna him. We're going to talk a little bit about Newcastle United. And I, I usually try to, you know try to because no one gives a shit about newcastle let's be honest except for me usually <laughs> I, I like them but i care not this week though this week so all right in and i have this written in the script here so i'm just gonna roll with it in the biggest plot twist since the ending of sixth sense sixth sense with uh the m night Shyamalan movie about the kid you know like i see Shyamalan dead people you guys know that movie I was trying to remember the name of that movie the other day, actually. Yeah, yeah. it has... Um, uh, that, that is a hell of a twist. What's the actor's name? Um, Leo DiCaprio? No. no um, or Bruce Willis? Bruce Willis, that's no. right. Yeah, it is Bruce Willis. I yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Let me, I'm, look, I'm Googling this. Bruce Willis is in that movie. Sure. Yeah, Bruce Willis. Yep, he is. Anyways, the biggest plot twist since the end of that M. Night Shyamalan banger. <laughs> Mike Ashley is being revered in Newcastle right now for the first time in his entire ownership. Hell has frozen 10, over. 12 years plus. Because Mike Ashley has decided that he is going to sue the fucking Premier League over the failed takeover. And he's recruited a couple of the top sports lawyers in the UK uh, to build a case. Um, he should have got Rudy Giuliani. <laughs> he's probably he's gonna be free pretty soon. He's gonna be a free agent. Sign him on a free a, a Bosman transfer for Rudy Giuliani. <laughs> Get him. Sign him up. <laughs> Just lure him in with a young Bulgarian woman. I think it was. Or hair dye that doesn't Kazakh? run. No, she's Bulgarian. She's Bulgarian yeah. in real life. Fun um, fact: she was speaking Bulgarian throughout that whole film. Borat 2 is what we're referencing uh, to those unaware. Anyways, um, basically the deal is we've got a team of lawyers that are on the case right now. And if Mike Ashley is going to court against the fucking league, like this is probably the first time in history that a Premier League club has sued the Premier League directly, like while they're in the Premier League. 
And or Mike, is it the first time that Mike actually has given a shit about Newcastle too? No, don't get it twisted. <laughs> it, this is only about himself. It, no, it is. It is because he wants. He missed out he on three hundred and five million pounds in cash during a pandemic in which his line of businesses is, is like in the shitter. So obviously, it's it's a selfish motive, but doesn't matter because he's trying really hard to sell the club and the so we missed we missed the whole takeover saga uh in our long hiatus on the yank account brief rundown the the buying party in question is the private investment fund of saudi arabia which is obviously pretty controversial because saudi arabia has a pretty bad track record on human rights and uh, their leader does tend to, you know, murder they people. They got nice cars over there. And, and women can drive there now, so that's good. Yeah, man, women can drive now. It's basically a utopia. <laughs> a socialist utopia. Um, so anyways, basically everything was nailed, signed, sealed, and delivered. Like, the takeover was done. Mike Ashley had agreed to sell. It was just a matter of the Premier League passing it with their owners and directors test. And they ended up just literally wanking for four months like it was I mean, extended a four month wank i'll say a lot of stuff about richard masters but hey his his stamina in the bedroom cannot be questioned because he impressive. was wanking for four months consecutively yeah. um <laughs> your ladies would die for that it, the premier league didn't necessarily ever reject the takeover um the buying party pulled out they made a statement that said they pulled out but later Newcastle released a statement that said the takeover had been rejected. And they said they literally name dropped Richard Masters, the CEO of the Premier League, and said he was acting entirely inappropriately. And that's a direct quote. So those are fighting words. Them is fighting words, boys. Mm -hmm. um, and Mike Ashley, is, he got the, the <laughs> guns locked and loaded on the, the legal team. And now he's, he's going at the Premier League. And I think. Wait, it's, how does Qatar fit in this? So Qatar fits in because Qatar and BN Sports, which is a Qatari company specifically, they own the broadcasting rights for the Premier League in the Middle East. And they, Qatar and Saudi Arabia hate each other for a, a number of geopolitical reasons. Like, obviously the Middle East is a bit of a... Don't we all? A powder keg. <laughs> we all hate hashtag, each other. For hashtag some new geopolitical Balkans. Reasons. Hashtag new Balkans. Um, yeah, Tech, so this is my side of the mountain. <laughs> it, like literally this summer, it was like Newcastle got stuck in between like a major geopolitical dispute between like the two top dogs in the Middle East, and it's all just about a Premier League team. Um, now the the key point here is that this company is worth a metric fuck ton. They like Newcastle would have been it's the richest club in the world. It's yeah, it's it's up there. It's crazy. Let's crazy just say money. they would have had Mbappe by now. We would have been the richest club in the world. Seriously, Mbappe the richest club in the world. At one point on transfer marked was the odds were what like six to one. That's insane. <laughs> yeah. That is insane. We lost wild. a lot of money. Pretty wild. <laughs> Can you fucking um, imagine? That's like what a sixteen percent chance, right? Something like that. Well, bro, think about it from my perspective, because this summer we were literally on a, the brink between Steve Bruce and relegation shite, or the richest club in the world. <laughs> 
that was, and that lasted for four months. Yeah, dude, you're um, gonna get some haters on the pod for that. But so the problem <laughs> lies. The, here is the problem. The problem lies as to whether the Premier League rejected the takeover due to other reasons, which are still not clear. Like, there's no basis by which the owners and directors' test should have been failed, other than a Qatar interfered, which is obviously illegal, and b. The Premier League does not want, and when I say the Premier League, I really mean the wealthy clubs in the Premier League, oh. the top six, do not want another challenge. Never heard of them. So, yeah, Taryn and Drew, you're, you're my adversary yeah, fuck in you, this dude. dispute. <laughs> um, but either way, it's Pulling like, for the Premier League. Is it I'll an, be honest, I would welcome if Newcastle got bought yeah, out. Yeah, I, I was actually a little bit upset, to be honest. I mean... Let's just let's just forego all conversation about how ethical it is to allow this this like club transfer to go through because I don't want to fucking talk about that. And I don't think anyone wants to hear about right. it anymore. But I would have been extremely excited to have another wealthy club in the Premier League, especially one Me? with followers as dedicated as Newcastle. That's like one of the best group of supporters in world football if you're going to be if you're going to be honest about it. No matter how you feel about the club, they've got a strong supporting. I thought that the prospect was exciting. I I also think yeah, the uh, real fans. <laughs> this might be kind of cocky, but I think me and Taryn wouldn't be worried if Newcastle got money because if they became a top six club, United and Chelsea aren't going anywhere. Spurs and Arsenal, they're the ones. <laughs> okay, they're well, the ones that are going to drop out. You say that, but like. Newcastle is still above United, and we didn't. Get, and we still have Steve Bruce. We didn't get taken over. Yeah, yeah but United have Ole at the wheel. Though, yeah. as much United as I want him back. to stay, I mean, we're fucking back, yeah. dude. <laughs> you know, Put a check as, on I the mean, table as much as I want him and to leave stay, it blank. <laughs> his his days are numbered. His days are numbered. He's not going to get a lucky result after a bad run of games like he's usually been doing. Um, I think. Yeah, I think Hopefully I think the writing I think the writing is on the wall for LA, honestly, which sucks because I genuinely enjoy him as a as a person and um, as a manager. I think he's all right. I like that he's been playing the diamond, but I think that Potch is basically next up. But back to Newcastle, yeah. I would love for them to take Arsenal and or Spurs spot. The other thing here where it gets tricky is if it is truly a top six versus the rest of the league issue. That sets a dangerous precedent, and we've already seen. Oh yeah, in it's, it's already weeks, been happening. The, um, the what was it called? The big the 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 Super European League. What what was the the the, the name is escaping me right now? It's like the big picture. Yeah, think, yeah Project Big, 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 big Picture. That's totally what it is. Yeah. So that was basically like the big the top six saying like, okay, well we'll bail all the rest of you out, but that for means your souls. that we <laughs> yeah like you have to sell us your souls. Um, <laughs> and I'm worried about the future of the Premier League if if it truly becomes six teams versus themselves and everyone else can fuck off. Like, I think that the beauty of the Premier League is the parody of it. And yeah. if that's lost, I worry about the, the integrity of the sport itself. So, from my perspective, as a very biased Newcastle fan, us taking the Premier League to court over this really does feel like trying to fight against the tyranny of the top six. I think that's a fair assessment. Um, yeah. So, it's a big moment in not just, like, Premier League history, but imagine any other team in any other sports literally suing. Like, imagine 
Like if the fucking Lakers sued the NBA, it'd be fucking mm-hmm. gigantic. I mean, we we have case um, studies of that in the fucking USA. They're just on a much larger scale because there is no relegation in our major sports leagues. So like, I mean, you see the true. sway that these teams have on decisions that are made by the league, and it's like, I mean, it's stupid. The irony of the whole thing is that um, there was a group last summer that came in when Rafa was still around. I guess it wasn't even last summer. It was two summers ago uh, called the Bin Zayed Group. I don't know if you guys remember them. But uh, they were rumored to be buying Newcastle, and uh, it did not work out at all. It got way – they didn't even come close to getting as far as this one did this summer. But they literally just like two weeks ago bought Derby County, and it took like three weeks, and the takeover was done. (laughs) And everyone was just like – But now look at where they are. Yeah. Well, but I think they're twentieth. I think. Yeah, but they've got Waza. Oh, sorry, twenty third. The question becomes: If Newcastle were to get relegated, and the same consortium came in and bought us while we were in the championship, and funded us and took us back to the Premier League, would that be the best outcome? Long- be like, is it worth us kicking around in purgatory under Steve Bruce for a couple seasons? I mean, that's that's uh, the process right there. That is. <laughs> Um, the the Sixers would be proud. Sam, you keep talking about Steve Bruce as if he isn't an elite manager, and I'm genuinely confused. I think that Steve Bruce is an elite author and an <laughs> average manager. Yeah. That's true. He's he's an elite right. sports car historian. <laughs> I will say this. I will say this, and this is me trying to trying to act like I'm presenting both sides of the equation. I think that I. I think that Saudi Arabia owning, like the country of Saudi Arabia owning a Premier League team is fucked up. I do not want to see that. <laughs> well, then who who does who's owned by PSG or yeah who who owns PSG? Yeah, well, see that's, that's the Qatar, thing. Right? Yeah, Qatar. Yeah. Exactly, Qatar. <laughs> a country. <laughs> that would have been. Imagine if if the takeover had gone through this summer and Newcastle versus PSG was the new like bitter like <laughs> rivalry. <laughs> In Europe, guys, um, battle of the, guys, the human I, rights. I Darby. literally but. just thought. <laughs> wait, wait, I just had the most intelligent thought that may have ever happened, probably in history. Oh shit! We move to England and we start a Sunday league club named Oil United, and you bet your sweet fucking ass that the United States is going to buy that club and we're going to be rich. <laughs> We're going to start that a war a with England that over was the club. <laughs> big brain moment. You really hyped that one up, Taryn, and, you know, it, it's, uh, it deserved it. It's a great idea. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. That, yeah, that delivered. <laughs> that delivered. Um, gosh, you just made me lose my train of thought. Um, it was worth it. Uh, what I, was, I think I, what I was going to say here is that, you know, PSG does own – or Qatar does own PSG, and that is Ligue, Ligue 1, so it's a little different. But – and one of the main reasons the Premier League claims that the takeover didn't go through was they don't want countries owning a team. But Which already look exists at in the Man Premier League. City. Yeah. Like, by the same owners and directors tests, Sheik Mansour they, was able to buy They did Man it City. when it was cool, though. Right. But, and, and, and it has, <laughs> to, be said, it has to be said, the, the well, I don't know. Like, I was going to say the UAE doesn't have quite as bad a reputation on human rights as Saudi Arabia does. But, I mean... The UAE has basically been using slave labor labor to build their desert metropolis, you know, like Dubai. And they... I'm sure you could find a human rights violation in every country in the world. And yeah, it's like who are England and the United States to judge on About, atrocities yeah. against other nations? I mean, nope. 
I don't know if that argument holds up. It does. It, no, it doesn't. It doesn't. But, but for the sake of argument, it does. I just think that it's we hypocr- can still judge. It's so, hypocritical, especially considering that Mike Ashley has made his fortune on sweatshops, and our sponsor was doing like payday loans. And somehow those are totally ethical, but when it comes to someone in another country, like and and the guy who has done all these things in Saudi Arabia, um, bin Salman, Mohammed bin Salman is his name. He isn't even going to be the direct owner of the club. It's the private investment fund of the country. So it's basically an oil company. It's basically like if Exxon Mobil was to buy Newcastle. It's it's not quite the same because it is tied into the government, but it's similar. I think you could. You, you know, can say that he has a fair shake in determining what happens with the decision making for that fund. He's he sits on the board of the company, but there was a whole chairman and a whole board that was named that had him not involved. Like he right, he but do you think that's legitimate? Is the question. Those are all his cousins, Sam. <laughs> right, let's let's not yeah, even talk about this. We said named. we didn't want to talk about this. Let's just not even talk about it. I think it's worthy of discussion, but we can move on because, like I said, no one no one really cares about Newcastle anyway. So. Yeah. We will move on. We will move on um, and move on to something a little more joyous and happy. So continuing (laughs) with the theme that we established earlier of Throwback Thursday, let's move into the Throwback Thursday segment extraordinaire. So, um, Throwback Thursday, it is a Thursday, and it is time to throw it back. So I want to know from you guys, what, like, let's talk about some of the old glory days of the league, you know, back some nostalgia, some, like, some great players, some great coaches, some great moments. First off, I'm curious, uh, just looking at which era of the Premier League, so, you know, what, what sort of what series of years are ones that really stick out in mind to you guys as sort of like one of the big heydays of the league? Um, I'll start with Tommy on this one because we haven't started with you yet. I mean, for me, this is kind of a tough question because I haven't really followed um, the Premier League for that long, especially like relative to you guys. But um, the nostalgia era for me is literally when I, or really when I played um, like when I was 10 or so, when I was playing uh, like actual select quote unquote good soccer, but you know, I was <laughs> me, so it wasn't that good. Um, <laughs> but so like back when I was just um, a wee lad, I, the uh, yeah, a, a wee lad, the AIG, um, you know, uh, man, you, uh, unis, the kids, the DDA yeah. Drogba years. Um, so you're saying like I late, late thousands, early teens. Yeah, like um, and, and earlier as well. Yeah, and earlier as well. But that was when I was sort of starting to actually watch highlights and shit. But that um, that actually I even... falls directly in line with my answer. I was going to say between two thousand four and two thousand twelve, because um, I wanted to include Thierry Henry in mm-hmm. yes. in it because I mean you know that was a fucking insane season for Arsenal and. It's, it's really nice to think back to an era where the Premier League 
truly had the cream of the crop. You know, like, 04 to 2012, there was Henri, there was Ronaldo, there was Bale, there was fucking, um... There was one other person that I wanted to say. Bale. Drogba. Yeah, Bale's at Tottenham. Bale... Yeah, but that was... That was a little later. I mean, I yeah, mean, it was... went to Madrid in, like, 20... Bale was, like, 2010 to twenty. Yeah, I, I said 2004 to 2012. Okay, yeah, late, late. Yeah, uh, it was late in the window, sure, but, I mean, he was at Tottenham, and Drogba was the other one I was thinking of. It was at Chelsea. We had some, like, truly fantastic players in the Premier League, and we were really performing in the Champions League, like... I think that was just the height where you could turn on the Premier League any given Saturday or Sunday and you could see like an absolute spectacle. That's fair. That's certainly fair. Um, I'll go ahead because I was going to say I do miss the era when Arsenal was a top, top club. Yeah. <laughs> um, I miss when it was Wenger and Perez and Vieira, guys like that. Um, that's a li- That was a little before my time, but I do remember watching guys like Henri, uh, you know, even in like World Cup ads for ESPN, you know, in like 2006 or whatever when I was growing up and being like, wow, these these guys. And that was, yeah, again, uh, I was playing soccer every Saturday morning <laughs> in that time. So it was like those guys I looked up to just as much as I looked up to, you know, NFL players, NBA players, stuff like that. And I love the way that Arsenal played. I, I do miss Wenger a lot. Um more than I usually would care to admit. But yeah. I, I loved I loved Wenger. I loved his Wenger approach back. to yeah, Wenger in hashtag <laughs> Wenger in. Um, I loved his approach to the game, and I I agree that that early two thousands mid two thousands era is is one that it's going to take a while to repeat. I feel like La Liga sort of like took a step up and yeah, for sure surpassed the Premier League in quality when it was Ronaldo and Messi. Um, but before that, yeah, the Premier League reigns supreme. And I think we're moving back into that phase. Yeah. Like, La Liga doesn't have the same, up, you know, Messi's still there, but that's well, we're making not going huge great in, for him. Huge investments now. <laughs> he loves it. <laughs> yeah, and Ronaldo's obviously moved on. I think that the Premier League being the top dog league in Europe is, is going to be a reality again soon. Yeah. But, Drew, what, what do you think? I would say the last decade, like 2010 decade, it's probably the most – well, I, I, it's probably biased because the most recent one. But if you look back, like the the Aguero goal to clinch the title. Oh, fuck that. Um, <laughs> United's fucking fall from grace. Um, <laughs> I think this, the 14-15 season where Chelsea won the league – Came in tenth the next season when Leicester won in 2015, and then just won it again, and then won the title again <laughs> in 2016 under Conte. That was crazy. I think um, the rivalry between Man City and Liverpool is unprecedented. Yeah, that's uh, actually a good for shout. Each team to to push each other as much as they did. Um, Mourinho coaching Chelsea, Spurs, and United within like five years. <laughs> <laughs> Those are just the ones I'm naming off the top of my head, but yeah, and it's very, pretty iconic. Before we move very on, I do want to, for maybe some older listeners, I think a lot of people would probably say the late '70s, right? I mean, that was when it was like Liverpool. What was it? Nottingham, Dominated. Nottingham, and mm. Aston Villa were like. The <laughs> Nottingham clubs. was a little later. Nottingham was a little later. I think yeah. it was '80s. Yeah. Really? 
But um, Shout out yeah. Antonio. Well, that was but that was a um, luckily wild we don't time. have any older listeners anyway. So Probably it really not, but doesn't matter. We got to get listeners to get the older ones. <laughs> Maybe when we get Donald Trump to acknowledge the legitimacy, he'll, maybe yeah. Donald Trump. Will That's be all like, we're missing. Trump will be like, "Oh man, remember when Brian Clough was, was actually <laughs> killing it in Europe with nodding?" Yes, forth. I've actually oh, been a huge Brian Clough fan for my entire life. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely huge lineup. He was the best Brian Clough, maybe in all of history, maybe in all of history, with the exception of Abraham um. Lincoln. <laughs> Who was a Republican? <laughs> Let the record show. Um, not, not to get too political. All right, moving on. Um, now, we talked a little bit about the eras, and we did name drop some players and coaches, but are there any players and coaches that you want to see back either in their prime that are still in the Premier League or just back uh, in the Premier fucking League? Fucking not Premier League related, but I want El Shirawi back so bad. Give him back. <laughs> he still he still plays. He still oh plays no, he's 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 apparently going to be transferred back to the Serie A. I just want him back so fucking bad. I love that player. That's my answer. All right, bring me back to the days of Michu. <laughs> Michu. And, <Adele> Tourette, <laughs> and when QPR was in the Premier League, good times. Nah, man. Fuck yeah, for, I like like I said it earlier, and I hate that it uh, is a Chelsea player, but uh, Didier Drogba for me just. Um, he was the first guy that I really ever watched, like, highlight compilations of. Beast um, mode. Yeah, he was just absolutely insane. Before I knew, like, what Chelsea or Droove was. Um, <laughs> oh, man, I missed those pro- days. Yeah. I re- especially the day, yeah. Yeah, so. Um, Sam, can I? In spite of the fact that he, he played for, uh, spent so much time with Can I take with a Chelsea, stab at who you're going to uh, say, Sam? That's my answer. Yeah, Taryn, you can take a stab. All right, I think you are going to either Hatton say... Ben Arfa. I, that was one of them. I, I was going to say, I think he's going to say Ben Arfa, Czech Teote, or Lauren Robert. Okay, <laughs> all good guesses, all close. I was So, Kabai, for me, is... I mean, I, like, idolized Kabai in a way I've never idolized another player. Like, I... Because I... I you know, when I didn't get stuck in goal growing up, I was a center midfielder, and I just loved, like, picking out a ball. And looking and, like, watching Kabai play was such a joy, and his his just, like, art and creativity was such a, such a like, magical thing to watch. So he's my, he's my favorite player in Newcastle history that I've really seen personally. But <laughs> what I was going to say is... Um, Man, you know what I I really miss is Demba Ba and Papi Cisse banging the in the force, goals dude, the up top. Force. My God, they were, <laughs> they were a strike force. just an unbelievable partnership. These two like Senegalese just Dons. <laughs> gods, yeah. And every time they scored, they would do the the like prayer celebration. Like that became a big thing in Newcastle at the time. Was the like on your knees, like kiss the ground celebration was just because of them. Loyal to the soil, um, baby. So yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. Another player that I really miss in his prime, and I, I feel bad about how it how it ended up with him was, uh, and this was is one that Tommy will love is is Dimitri Payet. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh my god, he was, yeah, he was yeah. phenomenal, a stud, Class. stud, like out of this world on his day. So he got the he's mural. So silky, so silky. Absolutely, um, he's one of those like Mares, yeah. uh, Zish type mm-hmm. players, just yep. absolute flair. Yeah, exactly. Exactly that type of player. All right. Now, uh, this is an interesting one. Your favorite slept-on moments from 
Premier League years gone by. And I'll start with this one. Um, I actually have two. So the first one is, is more of a meme. Newcastle the first Tottenham. one is when, um, and they both are Newcastle, but they're interesting because they're hilarious moments, and I think people forget about them a lot because it is Newcastle. But when Alan Pardew headbutted a player on the sideline, I will, ne- <laughs> yes, I will, yes, yes. I will never forget. I watched that live because that was like, <laughs> yep. we had lost like six games Holy. in a row and we were playing Hull and it was David Myler was the player. And I remember watching that happen and I was like, oh my God. Like Alan Pardew was about to be, he's about to get the book thrown at him. Like he just headbutted the a player. Literal he book. headbutted David literal book. Got, He got suspended for like four games. Um, so that's the first one out of just pure absurdity. The second one, which is just honestly a great moment. I think that Jonas Gutierrez, when he scored that goal to against West Ham actually, to keep Newcastle up in the, uh, the 14-15 season, um, after beating cancer and coming back, that's got to be, in my opinion, one of the real great moments in Premier League history. People underestimate how much that meant to the club, knowing that this guy had served the club loyally for years, had cancer. The club actually basically told him to fuck off. Um, Mike Ashley was like, "Go." we loaned him out to Norwich. We were like, we don't want you anymore. He came back. We were fighting relegation went back into the side and scored the goal that kept us up that year and just like ripped his shirt off and did the like celebration. It was a great moment. Um, of course the shame about it is that we literally got relegated the next year. <laughs> so that kind of <laughs> threw a damper on things, but just delayed the inevitable. Yep. Still a really good moment. Uh, all in all. So yep. Uh, what do you guys got? Um, yeah, I have some admittedly, uh, West Ham moments in mind. Um, one one real one uh, that I think – this might not be slept on. I don't know. But um, the final match at the bowling ground um, against Man United. Um, oh, yeah. The the final blowing bubbles. That mm. That's just a great song, by the way. <laughs> if you haven't looked up the lyrics. Um, Look it up on Spotify. They, they really are incredible. Um, they are more of a meme than – you could possibly imagine. Um, so yeah, check those out. Forever blowing bubbles. Um, if you if you have any dreams, they will likely fade and die. Um, but yeah, so they uh, play Man United back and forth game. Right at the end, uh, Sporting KC legend Winston Reed heads home the winner. Um, close close <laughs> down the bowling ground against Man United. Um, get fucked, my boy Slavin Bilic. Uh, one, one last moment of glory for him. Um, and you've also got the uh, Andy Carroll uh, scissor kick against Palace. Um, had a laptop sticker of that. Um, that was like one of the first West Ham moments I ever really experienced. Um, yeah, those are two moments that as a West Ham fan definitely stick out, but I don't know if anybody else gives a shit about. I, think those are I know moments. I don't. Yeah, fuck. Fuck you. (laughs) Go ahead, Taryn. All right. Um, I have two as well. I was I was so sure that Sam was gonna say one of mine, so I guess I'm kind of glad that he didn't. But when Newcastle had already been relegated and they were down ten men, 
against Tottenham and they beat them 5 1. That's a great amazing. one, too, because oh, I mean, Rafa Benitez has said in interviews, like, I was not going to stay at Newcastle, but in that game against Tottenham, like, the fans were so, like, they chanted his name for 90 minutes and were just screaming out, like, Rafa's a Jordy, and he was like, I can't leave this team. Yeah. Like, so that's that's pretty impressive that we managed to get a world class manager to stay in the championship. So And then the other one I, I didn't even realize this. It's probably my subconscious dictating, but the other one is also Tottenham losing. Um and it was the <laughs> Leicester title winning season when Tottenham and Chelsea forgot that the game of soccer existed and just like when we're chill. That's one of mine. They went, chill. They chill. went MMA. Like they totally forgot no, they were playing soccer. That was literally they just went for blood. The octagon. They just went for no, blood. No, you look back on that. It was all Spurs players doing the. Oh no! It totally, it totally challenges. was. And the thing is, um, mm-hmm. who who was the? Was it Clattenburg? It was Mark Clattenburg. Yeah, and, and he Re- his interview his interview after that season was fucking yep. shocking, dude. He was yep. like, yep. he was like, I didn't want to give them a red because like I wanted them to lose it for themselves. And I was like, you're literally endangering what does that players. Even mean? Like you're endangering what does that mean? players for like your own fucking ego. That was unbelievable. But yeah, watching that game was extremely entertaining and also nerve wracking because like you want the players to remain safe, right? And it was just a brawl, man. It was an absolute brawl. And then well, Hazard the game, scored that the banger was, to tie it uh, up. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Damn, that was that was a crazy game. He, that was to take the that was that goal won Leicester City yep. the league that yep. year actually. Yes, and Taron took my fucking answer, <laughs> fuck. but it's okay. I got another one. It's okay. I came prepared. Um, <laughs> it was when uh, Eden Hazard got a he got a red card. I think I think I think against Swansea. Oh, the ball he, boy. Uh, quote unquote. <laughs> kicked the ball boy even yeah. though he just kicked the ball underneath him and that little piece of shit feigned an injury <laughs> oh my god that's one of, that is he's in jail. that's, that's a great one right now that's loyalty that's a great i hope one. he's in jail for where he is right now yo there's also one so more funny. there's one i think we're playing against west brom and there was a foul and somehow what Cesc fabregas pinged a ball and hit chris brunt on the back of the head and got a straight red for that <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen anything Pinpoint like it. accuracy. That's Sesk for you. That's a great... The Ball Boy one is great. I forgot about that. And uh, you know that man was an absolute legend among the 11-year-olds in Swansea. Piece of night. shit. Um, I also... One last Newcastle thing to throw it... Shove down people's throats here. Is the, uh, the peak of Alan Pardew's career. The 4-4 four, four game. Oh, that was insane. Newcastle. That was insane. Uh, mm. Yep. 4 nil down at halftime. Alan Pardew gave one of his iconic and many... <laughs> Only. <laughs> the famous Pardew halftime talk. <laughs> and uh, we came out. Teote equalized on a just half volley screamer. We should have... the What the history rest books don't show... Yeah, rest in peace, of course. What the history books don't show is that we should have won that game. Um, I, I can't, it was either Craig Bellamy or Joey Barton or someone 
they missed a header by about six inches in the final seconds of that game. That would have been that probably like Craig Bellamy would do. Probably <laughs> the best win in Newcastle history if we had pulled that out. Still one of the one of the best games in Newcastle and Premier League history. Do you guys remember I think, when all time. Craig Bellamy? I don't think he was playing for Newcastle at this point. I want to say he was playing for like Southampton or something, and he got a yellow card for being offside like five plays in a row. <laughs> I don't remember that. I, I want to. I'm pretty sure it was there. Craig Bellamy, and I was watching that game, and it was he was just like blatantly disregarding. Like I think it was almost in protest <laughs> that he kept being offsides, and he got a fucking yellow for it. I'm like 99 sure. Stop that the happened. count. Yeah, stop, stop the count. count. <laughs> <laughs> one one more brief thing. Um, I was trying to find this yellow card Craig Bellamy thing. And the the fucking headline that I ran across was an interview with um, Mark Clattenburg about the most annoying players he's ever refereed. And the first, like, phrase in the headline is, Craig Bellamy squeezed my balls in the tunnel. He was always a nightmare to referee. <laughs> Son, it's a daily, it's a daily mail article, and this is just unbelievable. The, the, like, casual <laughs> nature. Yeah, Craig Bellamy squeezed my balls in the tunnel. He was a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. Where else are you getting this kind of content, people? Yeah. I mean, Nowhere maybe else. the only media source less reliable than, than the Daily Mail is the Yank account. So, <laughs> I um, think we're more reliable. We have, I'd say we're better than the sun. Yeah. Better than the sun. Anywhere is better than the sun, definitely. Um all right. Well, we had an international break segment lined up, but I don't even think that yeah, we can that's even that worth talking yeah, about. So. I hate the international break. International uh, break just sucks. You know, it's it is what it is. The Nations League. It's like France and three other countries in the final. I don't know. Dan James it. scored a goal. That's uh, it. USA to win the Euros. The end. USA yeah. to win the Euros. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm saying. Um, all right. Well, with that said, lads, thank you for the thank you for joining me on this wet and wild episode of the Yankee Count. It truly was. Um, That's a good as episode. always, uh, it's been a pleasure. Um, I I wouldn't have asked for three other gents to join me other than you three. So it's it's really just always an honor and a privilege to be to be here with you. Yeah, I mean, I would have subbed Drew out, but You're like, make yeah. Me cry. Yeah, like I could probably, I could <laughs> probably sub Drew in for we could like up on the most people. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, we, we were joking about knowing each other before this. Like, I just literally found Drew on, like, a sidewalk. And like, I actually found him, like, half buried in quicksand in eastern North Carolina. So. Yeah, he was, and I found Taryn through Christian He was Mingle. completely naked except for a large Chelsea flag draped around his body. And I met Tommy on Black People Meet. A large, <laughs> a large uh, Frank Lampard anime waifu body pillow. <laughs> I'd buy one. Well, there it is. That's the that's the that's our outro. The, yep. the, we should play that every episode. We should play that every music. single episode. Music, yep. Check it out next time at Yankee Cat Pod on Twitter. Peace the fuck out. Yep, get out. Know.